Hello, and welcome back to the Cuse Conversations podcast. I'm John Boccasino, Senior Internal Communications Specialist at Syracuse University. We really started thinking about maybe doing something not just magical, but legendary when we drove back from uh, from Clemson and as ACC champions. It's been a lot of fun to watch uh, video and, and have video shared with us of uh, how much enjoyment, drama, uh, and the emotions that went uh, with uh, securing a national championship uh, via a penalty shootout. Um, but uh, yes, it's been a whirlwind last uh, week, but very humbling to see uh, just how everyone has embraced this uh, uh, terrific group of young men. And uh, it was very special to bring a national championship back to Syracuse. Our guest today on the Cuse Conversations podcast is Ian McIntyre, the head coach of the Syracuse University men's soccer team, which, as you know, claimed the school's first national championship, a thriller over Indiana University in penalty kicks to win the College Cup and claim the program's first national title. Ian McIntyre has been the coach at Syracuse since 2010, and he and his team of student-athletes just capped the best season in school history. The Syracuse program also won the ACC postseason title and the regular season division championship McIntyre's orange saved the best for last knocking off those Hoosiers seven to six in penalty kicks senior captain Anthony Sinclair buried his shot past a sprawling Hoosiers goalie Ian it was a game where all of us in Orange Nation we were on the edge of our seats to see if we could pull off this championship I'm sure you were just as nervous as we were right it's been a lot of fun to watch uh video and and have video shared with us of uh, how much enjoyment and yeah, you're right, the, the drama uh, and the emotions that went uh, with uh, securing a national championship uh, via a penalty shootout. Um, but uh, yes, it's been a whirlwind last uh, week, but very humbling to see uh, just how everyone has embraced this uh, uh, terrific group of young men. And uh, it was very special to bring a national championship back to Syracuse. I know you told the ESPN commentators at the time that it hadn't quite sunk in yet, and that was pretty raw and right in the moment. Uh, more than a week later, has it sunk in that your team won the championship? It's been a lot of uh, a lot of fun. It's um, it, so yes and no. Uh, look, you you see, you have conversations. You'll talk to your equipment manager, and he'd say things like. You know, where are we going to put that uh, uh, national championship star on our jerseys next year? And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess we we, we need to do that. <laughs> or, uh, updating our banners and um, uh, at the uh, the stadium. So um, it's uh, it's been, um, as I said, I, it's starting to hit. And, and I think, you know, just enjoying being with our staff and our players before they left campus was uh, that was a, a, a big a, a big moment and uh, for us all to kind of just try to figuratively kind of drink all this in. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the community response. It was all over social media when your team pulled back into Manly on the buses. I mean, you have a throng of Orange faithful that are cheering you on. Can you describe what that experience was like? Very special, surreal. Um, you know, it's 2.30 in the morning. Uh, it's snowing. It's nine degrees out. And uh you see uh, Jesse Edwards and the guys uh, just wanting to be part of that moment with our boys. And so when they walked off uh, the bus, uh, you know, local hero, Giorgio Kachevsky with a trophy, it was just uh, 
uh it was just very very special to to be with our guys our family and then just see our kind of crazy uh <laughs> uh Syracuse fan base there um just uh I, I don't I'm not smart enough to come up with better words and special because it's <laughs> it, that's that's how we all feel um and to be able to share this uh uh with our uh, with a fan group and a fan base that have been there with us every single step of the way, braving the elements out at the soccer stadium. Um, you know, it's been, you know, uh, frigid uh, uh, conditions during our playoff run and they've been there. Uh, and not just in attendance, but they've been a big part of being, of participating in so- the soccer match, uh, vocal, getting behind the team and big reason why we've gone on this run. And then to see them down, you know, see a group down in uh, Cary, North Carolina, uh, was uh, uh, was a big advantage for our guys. Now I want to go back to that national championship game. In the moment, you go to penalty kicks. What's going through your mind? Those are such a nerve wracking moment to begin with. What is a veteran coach like yourself thinking about when it goes to PKs? There's not a lot a coach can do other than hopefully provide a little bit of calmness and. Uh, um so it's when you get the group together it's it's trusting the group and uh uh you pick your shooters you have a conversation with your team about who's physically uh mentally emotionally ready to take uh, a penalty look uh, uh and then you trust your guys you put them out there you tell them that you love them uh you wish them every, you know all the best uh, you know the the guys hug you know uh huddle up and then you you trust the guys to step up and you know, certainly in, in the biggest of uh, moments on the biggest stage, our guys uh, stepped up and uh, um, and just showed that courage um, to uh, to want to perform. Uh, the moment certainly wasn't too big for them. Your boys obviously had some experience with penalty kicks. You know, you beat Virginia to advance in the ACC tournament on PKs as well. What exactly does it take that mindset to step up and know that? This is you v the keeper, and we'll see what happens. Uh, look, the, the, we went through it with Virginia. Um, we've we've also shown a real toughness, uh, a resolve, uh, a resilience to kind of bounce back in in difficult moments during the the game. So that UVA game, we're down late uh, when uh, Lorenzo Baselli scores to tie it up. It then goes to uh, to overtime and penalties and. Uh, and our guys uh, in that moment um, were were fantastic. So we we had confidence with our shooters. Um, you know that you, you beat uh, uh, a perennial champion in in, in Virginia. Uh, you have uh, well, I'd call it a pitch invasion, but your storming of the field afterwards was a very special moment for our our program. Uh, we had a couple of different shooters this time, um, but they these were big personalities uh like uh uh and captains in Noah Singerman Anthony Sinclair um uh we'd had um uh uh Levante uh Johnson you know or first team all american so uh, big characters stepped up and uh um and then obviously what Sheely did at the other end you need you need your goalkeeper to 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 make a save or two and then i i i you know, I believed and, and knew that we had the right technique and the right character and the right courage from players to be able to embrace that uh, that moment. And with your lineup playing out the way it did, yeah, getting the senior captain 
Anthony Sinclair to step up after Russell Shealy makes a big save. It was Indiana's eighth kick that he turns away. That sets the stage for the senior to step up and, and bury the shot. What do you remember of Sinclair's game-winning goal and the celebration that followed? The guys have said afterwards and and, and immediately uh, in the locker room, it, it was as if it was written. Um, yeah, in sport, you have these really special, a special moment or a, a, an opportunity. And Sheely steps up and makes that save. And then it was it was written for our captain that wasn't part of the 10 shooters that was going to take a, a penalty against uh, a Virginia. Uh, he'll be the one to tell you that uh, he's not at one of our traditional, normal penalty takers. Um, but he wanted it. You know, when we huddled up before beforehand, I asked the guys, you know, who wants a penalty? And uh, both him and Noah Singleman, Levante Johnson all stepped up and said, hey, coach, I got this. And uh, uh, at times, it's very important, I believe, that that you uh, that you trust your group. And uh, uh, there was a roller coaster of emotions to get to Anthony's penalty. Uh, Julius Rausch, another guy who didn't play a ton, to take a penalty, to have to retake that penalty because the whistle wasn't blown. Uh, that is so difficult. Uh, it's... Um, uh, Levante Johnson, who who stepped up and had missed the penalty during the regular season, stepped up and and when he hits the bar and it comes down, you know Indiana were on the pitch. They thought they'd won it. They thought it didn't uh, was out, but it clearly crossed the line and hit the back of the net. So uh, this penalty shootout, this game, this uh, this tournament run had everything. And uh, but you're right for Anthony Sinclair, uh, the. Uh, the heartbeat of our program, the kind of the the emotional leader to step up and score that winning goal. When it hit the back of the net, you saw, you know, you saw the guys running on the field. Our fans behind us would share video with our coaching staff and you saw our, our staff, you know, Co- Coach Maslin and Lawler uh, embrace each other like they were six-year-old kids. Uh, <laughs> it was just pure emotion, pure joy. Uh, when that ball hit the back of the net. It was such a cool Monday night to get that feeling to watch our team bring home this national championship. Yeah, and- Monday night football, right? It's uh, uh, with, with a little bit of a twist on it. <laughs> and now now we can say, Ian, we're a football school, a football school. <laughs> That's right. That's right. With, with the drama, though, of the game, too, I mean, you're taking on a really good Indiana squad that found a way to come up with the equalizer with 10 minutes to go in regulation. And when Indiana did come up with that goal to, to tie it, did you have any sort of message for your team about that resiliency or about what it would take to get over the hurdle? Well, we'd shown it a number of times, um, uh, even in the game. Uh, when Indiana tied it up, we went straight back down the end and, and went 2-1 up. Uh, with Kalof's goal. Um, the semi-final game on Friday uh, was a real slugfest against Creighton, and it took a lot out of us. Creighton were terrific. Uh, that was two teams that left everything out on the soccer field, and you could see that our legs were getting a little bit tired in that second half. We were trying to make a, a little bit of a change and a tactical tweak, uh, and we just couldn't get Jackson Glenn on the, on the field quick enough. The ball didn't go out, and then they score... Um, but I'm very proud of a lesser team 
we were given every opportunity at that moment to kind of go the other way, to fold, to not respond. And, and I felt that our guys really dug deep uh, uh, at the remainder of the, the game. And then I actually thought we, we, we got a second wind in, in overtime and, and uh, apart from that, a chance right at the end to kind of uh, snatch it. Um, I was very pleased uh, we rode the guys physically, John. Uh, we really pushed the guys to their limit. And with two games back to back with such limited uh, rest in between, uh, our guys were physically, emotionally completely drained by the time we got to uh, the penalty shootout. But found once again, just a, some some more reserve, to just something a, a little bit more so that we could... Uh, uh, certainly have the, the biggest night in, in the history of our program. I know it's easy to fall into this trope, but you compare last year's team going eight, eight and two, you win 11 more matches this year than last year. That's a monumental uh, increase in, in victories. When did you start to think that this team had the capability and had the talent to go on a deep run and possibly win it all? And we we had some good results last year. Um, we felt that we we had a good group. Uh, lost some one nothing games. Lost some games in overtime uh, against big teams and big opponents. Uh, we started the year very well against. Uh, so to get to defeat Penn State, the reigning Big Ten champions, was was a uh, was a big result early in the year. Uh, we started off our first two ACC games. We hosted Notre Dame, who were the reigning ACC champions. Didn't just beat them, but played very well in that game. I know it, it, on the scoreboard, it, it just says one nothing, but we were very good. We then followed up by going down to, to play Clemson, the reigning national champions, and to get a result uh, to win at Clemson. But the fashion that we played some really good stuff showed that character and that toughness when we we thought that we had a good group and um uh, would show you know in tough places uh, to beat wake forest to to go on the road to louisville um but we really started thinking about maybe doing something not just magical but legendary when we drove back from uh, from clemson and as acc champions to beat them the second time in the year we we thought that we had you know uh, you know why not us at that stage um and so for the first time going into a national tournament, you know, when the bracket came up, you see there's no uh, more special college experience than, than being with your team. You see your name pop up uh, in, in a national uh, tournament bracket. Uh, we then saw that we'd, we had a really tough draw to play against, uh, uh, to be playing against uh, the Ivy League champions, U, uh, UPenn, who came through. They, they ended up, they defeated the Big Ten uh, champions in Rutgers. Uh, we knew on our side we'd have to go through a Cornell, Vermont, Clemson were on our side, Duke, you know, and then uh, uh, Creighton that went on a run. We knew it'd be tough, but going into, you know, that first week of practice, the national tournament, we we thought you know we talked about the group you you don't have to beat 47 other teams you just have to beat the team in front of you and and that's what we were kind of just focused on was uh, a, a good day of practice each day and then take each game as it came it was also a nice little measure of revenge on the redemption tour to get past both vermont and cornell i know you tied the catamounts in the regular season and cornell got us you know they got the better hand of us and then in the tournament we knocked them off. Was that something that you noticed your players took a little satisfaction in getting to 
atone for a previous loss in the postseason? Um, no, look, it's for, I know sometimes we, a lot of times we get caught up in like revenge and take it. It's just a game and it's two teams trying to get past it. Look, Cornell were better than us. Uh, during the regular season when they played here, they they got it right on the night. Uh, were were terrific and uh, they they deserved to beat us. Uh, that was the last game that we would lose this season. As as crazy as that that sounds, um, but we we responded from that. We also uh, it was the first time that we'd we'd lost the game against Virginia, but we were down a man for long uh, stages, and they you know they were terrific this year. Virginia um, would score late in the game. But Cornell was the game where, you know, we 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 were we played a little bit. Uh, we didn't play at our best. Um, credit to them. We were we went behind and didn't respond. Uh, after that game, I thought we were terrific. Anytime we face adversity, um, be that against you know UVA in the tournament, you you had when teams you know uh, UPenn in the national tournament going uh, going behind to. To, to to have a poise and a confidence, we grew up a lot after that Cornell match. So when we got a chance to play them again in the tournament, um, we knew the challenge. Uh, you know, uh, when you play UPenn, Cornell, Vermont, we recognised how good those teams were. We realised in our region um, how difficult. Each three of those teams probably should have been a seeded team. Um, and we knew that we were and fully uh, appreciated that they didn't uh, sneak up on us. We knew, you know, each one of those, uh, I think Vermont finished maybe, uh, you know, the, the fifth best team, ranked team in the country. Cornell would would defeat Maryland the week before us, playing us. Uh, UPenn obviously beat uh, beat uh, Rutgers, the, the Big Ten champions. We knew, and Vermont, as we were going into those, coming out of that game early in the year, was our second weekend. Uh, that weekend was also a big part of our uh, us growing up, getting a result at Vermont, then turning, going to UConn and beating UConn five nothing. Uh, we we knew that we were uh, we were getting better, and uh, but we also later in the year realised that that Vermont, you know, they handily took care of uh, UCLA, uh, went on the road and got big results in the national tournament. Uh, that. Uh, defeating them and moving on to the final four, the College Cup was uh, was I don't know if it was redemption, uh, but it was you knew coming out of that that you were a team that deserved that was worthy uh, of being in the College Cup, and certainly wasn't there by accident. I want to go back a little bit to last year too. We mentioned the eleven win improvement, but that is a little misleading because of your eight losses last year, six of them were in one goal games or overtime games. You lost a tough matchup in the first round of the ACC tournament. What lessons do you think the returners took from last year's close calls that really served them well and helped them fuel this run to the title this year? I'm very proud of um, of our our seniors uh, and guys that have been with us for for the duration. The Julio Full Cars. Uh, this was his fifth year. Um, uh, Noah Singleman, Anthony Sinclair. We've gone through some challenges on and off the field the last uh, couple of years. We were close last year, um, but I also think that through these challenges, it, uh, our guys appreciate uh, each moment and each game and each training session and each challenge. But you're right. Look, uh, we won 19 games this year. I was told yesterday that's more than 
what we won in the last three years. But I also liked our group. Two years ago, when we won two games and the challenges of competing here during COVID in the fall and in the spring, very proud of that group. I, I think our coaching staff did some of our best ever coaching during the challenges of keeping our, our guys safe and in an environment where they knew that they were appreciated. One of the strengths of our team is the strength of our locker room. Uh, during that year, we did everything to keep our guys apart out of a locker room. There was challenges, but I do think through that those difficulties, your group becomes tighter and stronger. Uh, this, this journey started well before uh, August uh, and our preseason camp. Three wonderful captains, a leadership group, um, started, uh, you know, talking about how do we improve our environment come, you know, and, and this was early in, in 2022, uh, in January, February time. It even, uh, and how do we create an environment to to be as supportive as our, of our new guys as possible to set the standard for our demands on and off the field. But it started before that as well. It started, as you say, last year. And, uh, you know, as devastating as it is to lose in overtime to teams of the caliber of Pitt and Louisville, to be close against Clemson, to have those. We play one of the toughest schedules uh, in the country year in, year out. We're not looking to um, pad our wins and losses. We want to get uh, a group that is ready for these moments so that I that we can say, this moment is not too big for us. We've we've seen it all before. We've seen the challenges. That's not just this year. It's it's those guys embracing that uh, uh, over the previous years. But when you get to this situation, you want to ensure that your you guys are battle tested. That's another cliche we throw out. But in order <laughs> to be battle tested, you've got to go through battles, and you've uh, you don't get to win them all. Uh, but through those challenges, does it pre prepare you? for these big moments. And, and I think, uh, you know, I, I could not be more proud of our group. I want to go back in the time machine a little bit to you're hired here to take over Syracuse, starting with the 2010 season. Your first two years, the program goes 5-22-6. and six. What was the state of the men's soccer program that you took over? And how were you able to take this program and really elevate? I know it's a team effort and there's a lot of parts you can give credit to, but what would you credit the main reason for success for taking this program where it was to where we are now? Yuka Maslin came in same time. Um, I was fortunate. He's been with me 15 years now. He's been a big part of, of our success on and off the field. Uh, our, you know, the support of our families. Uh, look, you're, you're, we're, you're interviewing me now. Now I had more hair back then, so um, but um, but it's this is the you know happy. That was tough. You know, you win five games in two years. Um, uh, I've enjoyed celebrating this this last week, this success of the season with those guys, uh, with the guys that invested in us during that time. Uh, the they're the guys that laid a foundation uh, i've enjoyed but it's before that time too i've enjoyed celebrating this with our alums uh soccer alums uh that have gone through you know highs and lows our 82 team uh many of that that group flew down that was a big east champion uh team that that flew down to be with us this year so yes in those first couple of years were, were tough i'm very thankful for you know, guys like Alex Bono, Skylar Thomas, Jordan Morrell that that took a chance on us 
when we were talking about a vision and what we were trying to do and who we were and what what kind of environment we were looking to uh, to create so it's it has been a a process it's been a a a long journey it's been a very rewarding journey a, uh, a devastating moments the highs and lows but through it all just surrounding ourselves with very special young men and their families our fans it's been really awesome to enjoy this last week or so with everyone who has been uh, has had a a role to play in us becoming uh, national champions in the competitive world of recruiting for men's soccer which has taken on such an international element and our team is littered with amazing international talented student athletes that come to central new york what makes this a destination where student athletes should want to come and play soccer besides that lovely national championship trophy over your shoulder? This one's the semifinal from 15. My one's disappeared. Like my, uh, it's everyone wants a piece of the trophy. So it, uh, <laughs> it's flying around uh, uh, campus as we speak. But um, we gravitate towards young men who obviously talented soccer players, but players that uh, similar to those early days when you're, you're talking to Alex Bono and then eventually the Miles Robinsons, the the Kamal Millers, the Tejon Buchanans that all have something to prove, that have an edge on their shoulder, that take pride in representing Syracuse University. We may not be the sexiest, the shiniest uh, college soccer program, but that's OK. Uh, we know who we are. Uh, we embrace that and players that are looking to uh, come to Syracuse because they believe in this environment. They believe that we can help them become uh, better young men on the field as well as off. Uh, they believe in, in, in their selfless. They are uh, individuals that put the team first. Um, I, these are guys that we, I gravitate towards and, um, and as I said, it may not be, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, Alex Bono, Miles Robinson, uh, Tejon Buchanan, uh, were never part of a national program prior to coming here. We're not the reason why they, you know, some of those guys played in the world cup, but hopefully we can help them to continue to develop. And, uh, we ask of our guys, uh, that, and we demand of our guys that, that the best of them, best from them. And then what we would, you know, we are fully committed to supporting them. We then want what's best for them. And so uh, one of the challenges is some of our talented young players have moved on after a, a couple of years. But if that's that, that's awesome. Um, and uh, no doubt that that will continue as as we uh, can, uh, as we attract talented players. Um, if we're getting the best from them, we're then looking for the best for them. And we take tremendous pride in as they go and enjoy success after Syracuse. And for someone like yourself, who, again, was such a talented soccer student athlete yourself, you had great success at Hartwick. And, you know, you come to Syracuse here when the program, again, was having some tough times. Why is this the perfect place for you to coach? To leave your alma mater is very difficult decision. And, and, you know, as my wife reminds me, it's difficult to leave Onion to New York in central New York and go further north. Most guys go, <laughs> go south. So we're almost in Canada, but um, we're edging closer. But uh, players, uh, all good players want 
an opportunity to play with and compete against the best players in the country. It's the same for coaches too. And uh, when I was fortunate to be uh, afforded the opportunity to come to, to Syracuse, it was the Big East back then. It was difficult to upgrade from the Big East in soccer. And it's the ACC. It's the best of the best. And you want an opportunity to to test yourself, to measure yourself against the best. And, and that's players, that's coaching staffs. Uh, we take tremendous pride in in week in, week out, competing against the gauntlet, which is the ACC soccer. And then, you know, you know if you've got a group and a team that competes in the ACC, then you've got a chance to compete at the, the national level. So at, uh, And to be surrounded, you know, day in, day out with the, the, uh, the calibre of, people that we have here at Syracuse. Uh, that's in athletics, that's in academics. Um, this is a, a very, very, I'll use the word again, but sorry, uh, special uh, place to uh, to come and work each and every day. The last question I've got for you, can you tell us a story since you won the championship, a crazy celebration story, something that's safe for a podcast of just how the boys, how the student athletes, how you and the coaches have celebrated to give our fans a little insight into what it's like to be a national champion. Look, it, it's I I know and I, I and I hope that our young men have uh, and coaches have enjoyed this moment. It's a surreal. Uh, now the challenge. It sometimes it's not quite as sexy as you think. You know, our guys landed on a two thirty on a Tuesday morning uh, during finals week. I'm sure they've still in, uh, uh, had an opportunity to enjoy the moment. Uh, look, when you're uh, you're thinking that you, you're going to be just singing on top of your uh, your desk and things like this and running, <laughs> uh, I've had a big smile on my face with my staff. Uh, I you work harder this week than you ever worked beforehand. I'm I'm all over the place uh, <laughs> uh, talking and enjoying this. Um, for me, and this, and and I apologize, this is not as sexy as your home for. For me as the coach, I've just enjoyed spending time with the guys. If it's Russell Sheely and it's 7.30 at night in my office, sitting down, just chatting with a national championship trophy in your uh, between you. Uh, if it's uh, just a group of guys that want to be, anytime you do something truly remarkable, truly special, you just want to spend time with each other. And uh, and this happens, you know, uh, a couple of times in your life at different moments. If it's, you know, the birth of your child, if it's the, uh, you know, sport has these moments, if it's, uh, you know, getting married, if it's, these are, these are times you just want to spend time with, with guys. So mine will be very uh, PG rated, um, but it's, you know, I'll be honest with you, for me, it's, it's enjoying my wife and daughter just being there on the pitch at the end of the game and giving my my daughter that doesn't normally have too much time when it comes to soccer and dad and uh, and uh, frigid nights, God bless her, on, on uh, at the SU Soccer Stadium. But just to see her uh, enjoying the moment with tears in her eyes and uh, and giving her dad a, a hug, that's special and, I, and I'll remember that. Well, our whole campus community and the 250,000 alumni on the, around the world will never forget where they were that magical night, Cary, North Carolina. It was a magical season. If you need us to put out an all points bulletin on the national championship trophy with DPS, we can. That's fine. We can do we, that I too. think there's got to be a tracker, right? Like everything else now, <laughs> we're going to put a tracker on this thing. 
<laughs> if you've seen a beautiful looking NCAA championship trophy, please return it to Manly and the soccer offices. Again, he is Ian McIntyre. It's been a pleasure and a treat having you on the podcast. Thank you for what you've done to bring this program to the top of the mountain. I know you're not going to rest on your laurels, and we look forward to seeing what's uh, what you guys can do for an encore. The bar has been raised high, but enjoy the celebration. And thank you so much for the time today, Coach. Thank you very much. Happy holidays. Thanks for checking out the latest installment of the Cuse Conversations podcast. My name is John Boccasino, signing off for the Cuse Conversations podcast. <laughs>